Matilda. Come in, Matilda. <laughs> Hello. That's the wrong film, Derek. We're here to talk about another film. Not Friends of Zoolander? Mmm. Zoolander? I was just I was just trying to think of what the title of our podcast would be if we did one about Zoolander. Mmm. Derek's friends. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. want to be, be... There's never going to be... <laughs> podcast called Derek's Friends. Um, but actually all of all of all of the listeners of Peter's Frenemies I'm I think sad. are Derek's friends. Don't be sad. They're frenemies. Don't be sad. Welcome to Peter's Frenemies, a podcast. Episode eleven. Episode penultimate. Ooh, we're almost at the end. I'm actually feeling a little bit sad. Just one eye crying? Half an eye. <clears throat> half an eye crying, half a tear. I'll do the other one. Um, <laughs> the other what, half of one. What do we do in this podcast, Imbibe? We ask, we watched the 1992 film um, by Sir Ka- Kenneth Branagh uh, called Peter's Friends, and we ask ourselves the same four questions. In this viewing, what delighted us most, what annoyed us most, what surprised us most, and then we make a case for who is Peter's real friend. Correct. And we're not going to dilly and dally and be an Aunt Sally and Wurzel Gummidge at all and the can't rhyme. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We're going to start without dilly or dallying, um, jump right in. On viewing number 11, 11 of 12, Mm -hmm. MB, as Derek, I'd like to ask you a question. The question is, what delighted you this time in watching the film Peter's Friends by Kenneth Branagh? I think what delighted me is actually going to surprise people. Wow, the snake eats his tail. Yeah. Um, I actually found Sarah delightful in this viewing. I was really focusing on how beautiful she is. She has really beautiful eyes. She's wearing way too much makeup, but she has beautiful eyes. And I think... At moments, caught very nicely by the sun. Very nicely. And I think it, they caught very nicely by the sun where she says the line that I think is a very good line in the film, and that's the, it's an honest come on. Yes, when she's uh, talking to Kenneth and, or what's his name? I can't remember. Andrew. Andrew. You'd think we'd know by now. Yeah, you think And uh, she says, what happened to the Andrew who used to scale the college walls to play with me all night long? And Kenneth says, is, is that, that uh, you being honest or is that a com- come on? And she says, it's an honest come on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I actually like, I like her delivery. Uh, that's when, not... I, when I made that noise, mm-hmm, I, I kind of did the, uh, the rolling of the eyes that Woody Allen used to do in certain moments, which turned the entire world against him. Okay. It was, okay. It was that's the reason they went against him. Yeah, that's it. It was the eyes. Um, but that wasn't the, the, the really delightful thing. The thing that I find myself doing in between viewings, because it kind of delights me, is the way that she holds her hands together in a kind of prayer, prayer sort of like, 
or, or, or a young child delighted to see something when Andrew offers his hand to dance when they're singing the song. Yeah, that is nice. And I really love the way she does that. So I just wanted to give yes. Sarah some love because I feel like we've been pretty harsh on her in this We podcast. have, we have. Mm. And um, that gesture, the kind of prayer uh, hand gesture. Or also like delight, like receiving. Delight. Receiving. It's a receiving. The gratitude. Yeah. Now we only know it as an emoticon, but people used to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when she does that, you're seeing... A gesture that the person, not the act, the character, but that person does it. She's yeah. kind of classy in that moment. All right. <clears throat> nice. Sarah, good oh, on you. What about you? Uh, I'll do an honorable mention, uh, something that delighted me. Um, it's simple. Tinsel. Oh. Peter has, we've discussed before, he's dressed up the whole house with about 18 trees uh, many, many, many Christmas cards from whom we don't know, to whom we don't know. It's New Year's Eve and Peter's life is off the rails. Um, who's, he, who's he getting Christmas love from? But that's not the point. The point is there is tinsel everywhere and it's the kind of tinsel that I remember from the 80s and the 70s growing up in, 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 in Ireland uh, slash England in that, in that whole part of the world. Some pretty good tinsel at play, you know, available and in use. Not so much here in the Antipodes, I've got to say. They're not much of a tinsel crowd here. Um, I mean, they sell it, but it ain't the same. It's, it's lush. Yeah. It's, 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 it has body. Uh, it's thick. Like, it's like boa constrictors made of star beams. And it's all over the house. <laughs> and, uh, or like a fancy foxtail. It's like the uh, yeah, it's the gayest fox <laughs> that ever lived. Yeah. And um, so... I just was enjoying the tinsel everywhere. But that's just an honourable mention. The thing that really delighted me uh, this time, it's when uh, Vera, the housekeeper, points out her love of videos. She's talking about, I'm going to retire. And now remember, it's 1992. I'm going to retire. And I think I'm just going to watch videos. And then she says, staring into the middle distance, best thing that ever happened, videos. And it's like, this is pre-internet, pre-YouTube. She just is adoring the fact that these things called videos. You can rent a video, have a videotape, maybe even two, and it'll fill your evening. And I just love that. Hmm. Yay for Vera. I hope she, in that fictitious sort of future, which is now the past, that she's probably dead now. Is she dead? Not, not... Vera the character? Vera the character. Well, they're all dead. (laughs) It's one of the things we can celebrate at episode 12. All these people are dead to us oh, when the film ended. <laughs> that's, I feel like they're a bit mean, was it? That was a bit mean. That was a bit mean. That was a bit mean. Hey, audience, I was being a bit mean, and guess what? I enjoyed it. Can I just say now that I was actually a bit disappointed that Derek was as mean as he was? Which is what I enjoyed. <laughs> and then that kind of delighted me that Derek enjoyed me being disappointed in him being mean and that annoyed me <laughs> me speaking of speaking of do you want to go first i'm actually gonna let you because i'm still reviewing my notes oh okay well so uh, i sent it in on sarah for uh my delight now i'm centering it on paul for annoy there are two things one which is not paul's fault per se but it annoyed me that when the train arrives at old marsden station Paul is on the platform. He's, on the, he's at the entrance to the platform. But he's there. Yes, he is around. And then 
But when they get off and there's all the, you know, Sarah, it's me, Maggie, you know, and all of the hoo-ha with Brian, um, then he he kind of steps forward like he's just arrived. It just is it's not good editing. So that kind of annoyed me. Oh, I didn't but, even notice that he's there and then steps yeah, in yeah, frame. Yeah, he, yeah okay. he, he kind of... Was he just lurking there in a kind of creepy way, you know, rubbing his trousers? There's not a lot about Paul that isn't creepy. No, I know. And and then I just wanted to say um, the thing that really annoyed me was the realisation that when he is the wood chopping guy, right? Mm, wanting to be in Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. He's chopping the wood. Why was he not doing that the day before? Why was Peter out there? He pays him good money. Peter's mm. got his friends there. Okay, so what about you? Have you reviewed your notes? I have. I do one honourable mention and then my thing that really annoyed me. The thing that I'll mention is that there's a moment where uh, Carol, the American, uh, does a kind of a glib remark to Vera because she wants Vera to make her a separate dinner. And when Vera refuses, she says, um, what is it? Have you never seen upstairs, downstairs? The very notion of someone from L.A. Yeah. asking someone from England, have they ever seen upstairs, downstairs? I know it's a throwaway joke, but it's just insulting. Yeah, okay. It's a huge show, and it just, the premise of the joke is just wrong. Get out of here, American, talking about seminal British TV. Well, I think she's actually making a, a, a British-style joke there, because, you know, that's like... You know, if you say, oh, I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, or just leave my porridge on the table. And I would say, have you never yes, heard the story the of, of Goldilocks yeah. and the Three Bears? So I think, I think, I think you're being a bit harsh. Yeah, I'm her. treating the joke like it really happened in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Should, I should suspend disbelief, shouldn't I? Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. This movie asks us to suspend so much, though. Anyway, uh, so here's the thing that really annoyed me this time um, we are cheated out of a whole day of time with these lovely lovely people <laughs> our and friends because here's the thing they um the whole setup is that they come for three days they're going to spend three days you know what i mean they arrive the day before new year's eve we see that we see the dinner we we follow them through the, the day of new year's eve and into the evening and then at midnight we see the toast and the uh, revelations of New Year's Eve and the film ends. They're going to be there the whole next day and I want to stay. I want to be there. I want to get up in the morning with them. I want to see what happens after brunch. I want to see who makes breakfast, if anyone. <laughs> I, want to see, I want to see if Peter goes for another Sinead O'Connor walk. He'd probably go Max O'Connor the day after the big revelations. He'd be O'Connoring his head. Oh, I shouldn't be talking about O'Connor so much. Oh, but he would yeah. have a major O'Connor walk he would be. He would that be. day having revealed all. And then I think the other three would... Oh, remaining guests would be like the um the figures along the beach in ashes to ashes you know where <laughs> that's right that's right it would be like that and then uh, i just feel cheated because it kind of would make sense if the film end back at old marsden yep. station yeah 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 you so we we kind of it, it's cut short yeah you know uh, the american cousin of this film the big chill and uh, the, the much better cousin um, does have a circularity to it it does end well and this one doesn't we're just cheated out of some time i reckon yeah and i also just want to ask a question you know how the film was made in 1992 mm. right and it's set on new year's eve mm. right 
but they've shown the time sequence and it ends with 1992 so we're actually going into 1993 mm. so it's in some ways it, it's a futuristic film because it was made in 1992 about new year's eve in 1992 so they're guessing they're guessing what was going <laughs> to happen they're predicting the future i wonder if the script editor the script doctor is that what they call oh, the dramaturg or the, the I would, yeah the script, yeah i wonder yeah. if they sat down and said okay Guys, at this point in the script, we're really winging it here. What do you think's going to be the vibe on, you know, December 31st? But, but also, can we just go back to those opening credits, which do take us right up to 1992 with the sheep? Um, I feel like the credits are very much like the credits for Succession. There's always something new that I haven't noticed. <laughs> It's true. There, although succession, well, no, it's so true. succession, succession did is have a, is a pastiche stuff. of home family. Home, yeah, but there's home, always yeah. something. But you always know something new. There was always something, and they did keep there adding. There is things. actually something new, but I think with this one, it's just something that I haven't noticed before. My I eyeballs think, you know have what? glazed That's over. That's the gift that never stops giving. The gift of bad collage. Yeah. You know, if you if, if something's thrown together quite haphazard and there's just a lot yeah. of content and it doesn't actually make a lot of cohesive sense. You'll always notice something else. There's another angle to this mess. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of messes, I think it might be time to go to Corrections, Corrections Corner. Now stop it. I don't want to have to tell you again. Stop it now. Sorry. We're now in Corrections Corner. <gasps> but, um, We're here. We're really but here. speaking of the other corner, that uh, which is Reader's Wives. Listeners Corners. <laughs> Readers Wives. <laughs> Listeners Wives Corner. Um, you know how we have that bit for Readers Corner where it's, you Listeners know, corner. Listeners Corner. I got your letter. It meant a great deal to me. Yeah. I, anytime somebody does ni- something nice for me lately at work or whatever, in my head, I hear that <laughs> voice. It just kind of goes, it means a great deal to me. Yep. Okay, so I just wanted to say a, cu- a couple of episodes ago where we went into I see, what was it? I see dead bear people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about the slave dungeon and mm-hmm. how all the the welcome and the snowman were at the back entrance and for the slaves to kind of a happy slave is a good slave, all of that stuff mm-hmm. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I realised the snowman is in the front yard when the guests arrived. But you just you just don't notice it that much unless you watch it 11 times in a year. It and takes 11 viewings yeah. to notice a 20-foot snowman. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit like the gorilla in the basketball. Yes. Yeah. Now, imagine if those basketball players had both a gorilla and a 20-foot snowman <laughs> wander through the room. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Did you have anything to add? For corrections? No. Okay. Well, let's get out of here. Now stop it. I don't want to have to tell you again. Stop it now. Sorry. And here we are, back in the main podcast. It's nice here. It's nice here in this non-cornery area. And Derek's no longer being mean, and that's good. I'll be back. (laughs) Okay, so what surprised you, Derek? What surprised me this time in watching the movie known as Peter's Friends was a moment that I witnessed using my eyeballs. <gasps> mm. What? Yes. Uh, the, the face eggs. The face eggs that <laughs> I have but, you know, on each side of my nose. Um, Notice something. And that is that Maggie, she had time to put pictures all over the house. Now, 
it was like actually not a bad little joke. I've put pictures all over the, my house before I go so that my cat doesn't get lonely. Her cat Michael. Mm-hmm. So you, you see that she's got pictures on the lamp on the on the table everywhere, and she's about to head off. She had time to do that. I'm going to estimate a good thirty forty minutes at least to do that. But she had no time to wrap even one gift. I know. I it really imagine traveling me. on a train that only has one carriage all the way to Old Marston yeah. and you're carrying your own rolls of wrapping paper. Yes, and can we just say that that wrapping paper, I've thought about this a lot, would transport better if it was wrapped around books rather than in rolls where it can get squashed. That's one point. It transports better. The other point is just wrap them. You'll save time, baby. Yeah, and she, but she also, when she, she lays the book down on the picture side of the wrapping paper, and I'm like, I don't know if she's ever really wrapped a present before. Well, now <clears throat> you're talking to the wrong guy because okay. you know my <laughs> method with wrapping. It's sort of picture side, edge side, and you know, whatever the gift is, I basically place it and then I attack it with the wrapping paper. And from the moment, the second that I am beginning the process, I want it to be over. This has to be over as soon as possible. <laughs> so I get like into a frenzy and I'm just attacking it and ra- and just putting tape on it. And then I'm like, is it over? That's my approach. Yeah, I know. It's, look, wrapping, I, I think I think we should give up wrapping paper, but that's a whole other topic. Um, let's come to what surprised me. Having dedicated delight to Sarah and annoy to Paul, I'm actually splitting surprise. Um, Honourable mention is that Carol is wearing woolen gloves inside the airport. Like seriously, like they're not not even outside. Like it's not. It's really not that cold. I mean, especially mm. with Andrew in his summer weight jacket. But I'm just like, what? Why is she wearing gloves? Is you know, is it fingerprints? Is there some kind of I don't know. Well, the temperature. She's trying to uh, evade Interpol. (laughs) Is Interpol still a thing? Well, the band's gone. Okay. But the the thing might be still going. Speaking of, I had an honorable mention I didn't get to earlier. Mm. Acid rain. Um, I I had to check. Is acid rain still a thing? Because it's it's mentioned in it's mentioned in the film, and um, of course it is. But uh, when I did a little bit of research, it was going to be one of my delights. You know, I remember acid rain. Lads, uh, do you remember Acid Rain? Remember Peter Gabriel wrote that song? Red rain, red rain is falling down. That's about Acid Rain. And Uh, um, I thought it was just about like sadness of the heart. Oh, you're so emotionally driven. That's how when I first heard that song. Well, when it first hit my no, this is when he was doing you know politically active. You remember he he had Beagle, Beagle, Stephen Beagle. Right? No, well, yeah. yeah but that I... was not about uh, something in the heart. That was about a man, right? And the red rain. Red rain. <laughs> that was about acid rain. I, should, well, write a, I should do Peter Gabriel's biography. What? I know so much. Peter Gabriel's you hearing frenemies. Me, Will? Are you hearing me, Will? I know everything about Peter Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really disappointed. Yeah, so anyway, anyway, I'm disappointed. I did a little research. Mm-hmm. And it turns mm-hmm. out acid rain, of course, is still a phenomenon. But it was um, quite quite well solved as a problem in certain areas of the world where they actually used something called science to neutralize the rain in those areas. So it's still a problem, but actually less of a problem, less of a problem in, in certain areas. Peter Back- Gabriel should have called the song Acid Rain. Acid Rain. <laughs> it just doesn't track. It doesn't scan. But it would have, 
His message would have been clearer to sixteen-year-old. The other song should be called Stephen Acid. Should be, should be. Um, Okay, my um, oh no, it was you were talking about. Oh yes, I was talking about Carol's gloves, and then you took that away from me. My biggest surprise was that Michael the cat was not wearing a collar. Yes. For such a beloved cat, for the focus of Maggie's life. Like, why does that cat not have a collar with her telephone number on it? Or council tag or whatever the... Like, seriously, she is not a responsible pet owner. And I was... I mean, Ooh. unless it's of like, you know, it was casual Friday and he doesn't... <laughs> Catsual Friday. Casual Friday. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there are, there are things you could... Maybe it's a house cat. Maybe... But no, cats but even, need collars. But even if, like, he is a house cat, if he escaped, you know, if she yeah. left a window open, like, it would be good for him to have some kind of print, identifier. Why would you print your photo and put it everywhere? Why would you get a cat sitter if you don't even have a collar yeah, on your cat? It's just yeah. not, not, doesn't make sense. So that surprised you. Mm-hmm. Good. So. Now we move to the finale questione on the penultimate show <clears throat> what language was that? I speak about 12 languages. And that was... Uh, two, about 11 of them. Uh, that was three and a half of them. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first or do you yes. want to... Yes. Uh, okay. To answer this last question, who is Peter's real friend in your current estimation based on recent viewing? My answer is John Hudson. Oh, Derek, who is John Hudson? Oh, <laughs> MP. You should know. After all, <laughs> it's your father. No, John Hudson is the real man in the real world who wrote the real song named Orpheus in the Underground. <gasps> so, a listener, or half a listener, um, the song you probably know by now uh, it's the song they sing at the beginning of the film is called Orpheus in the Underground it's a comedic strange song about the London Underground it's a rework of another song or another piece of culture uh, from an earlier time and it was created that song was created by John Hudson way before this film was um, created and then in the film the conceit is that uh, Hugh Laurie's character has written it um, is that right? Yeah, yes. Roger. Roger yeah. has written it. Always love that song. Always love that song. And um, yeah, so so here's the thing. If John Hudson, the real man, hadn't written that song, it wouldn't be the song that connected these friends at the beginning of the film oh, which and their precious rare. memory at the end. Peter's friends, uh, named in the title, are brought together yes. at the beginning and the end by the song written by John Hudson. He is therefore Peter's real friend because the other guys are kind of a-holes. <laughs> well, we know that, but I'm going to pull something out of the hat. All right, MB, who in your estimation is Peter's real friend? Tell me now, using your words. This episode for me has been all about Sarah. It's Sarah. No, I'm sorry. No, no, I've I've got a good reason for this. You better, because I'm holding my braces like a down south lawyer. Okay, a down south lawyer. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Yeah, you you keep doing that. That's nice. I ain't one of those fancy lawyers. My accent works is incredible. Yeah, I know, but also it kind of looks like you're squeezing your nipples. Well, that's what they did when they. Had... <laughs> 
Well, that's what you do when you don't have braces. Well, it's also, it's really hot, so you've got to kind of keep yourself awake. Yeah, I may not be one whiskey. of those fancy New York-type lawyers. <laughs> all right, what, what are you going to say? With air conditioning. Um, all right, I was going to say Sarah. Sarah and Peter did it. I they had they sex in college. But darling, Bishop Canterbury's had sex yes, with Sarah. Yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. Like... That can be really awkward between friends when that happens. Mm-hmm. And it takes a real friend to kind of get past that, especially since I think Peter is probably more of a whoopsie than he is into yeah. the vagina business. Um, and even though I, I I, kind of think that, that it probably wasn't great sex between them because there's not a lot of chemistry, but they pushed through and they're still friends. And I thought that's... that's... Push through was maybe not the best <laughs> Best choice of words when you're talking about less than okay. less than comfortable sex. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So you're saying I get it, but I'm gonna contest this one notion. Sarah has done the do's with many a do. Not Roger. And uh, not Roger, and I'm not saying everybody in, in the world, but she she's you know she's uh, she's addicted to addicted romance. to romance. And in connection with that, she has had many a push through in her life. I don't know if it's a huge deal that she moved on. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I just think there's one thing to have like lots of ex-lovers, but then to still be friends Friends. with them. And she's still proper friends and with Andrew too. Mm. Um, But I just thought, I I just thought I'd like to give give Sarah a bit of, a bit more love. And on that on that score, the fact that she she has had relations with two of the men there, well, three actually, actually three, yes. Uh, that just leaves Roger, actually. Oh, and she does try it on with the wood chopping guy. So, Roger's the only one she doesn't Roger. Oh, <gasps> oh, it's in the name. So it's um, too obvious. So, uh, look, I'm going to accept your point because she is there with a number of men who she's had relations with. But she's uh, has a healthy friendship mm. with with them all. Yes. Except the one she's currently shagging because that doesn't work out. Okay. Okay. So Sarah's Peter's real friend because of that. Because yeah. it's a mature relationship despite the yeah. craziness. Great. Okay. And that's well. I don't I... know if it was craziness. We don't know if it was craziness. It was just we don't sex. Know. It was just sex. Come on. Uh, We've come all on. done it or thought about doing it. We've all done it or thought about. Or we've thought think, about doing it while we're doing it. Or we've thought about something else <laughs> while we're doing it. Or we've thought about someone else doing it <gasps> while we're thinking about them. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and, and that big reveal. I th- and, and here comes Corky. As our dog walks trip, into the trip, room. Trip. As our dog walks into the room and chews, some, for some reason, chews a small corner of the rug as if he's discovering some ancient treasure or something new in the credits of Peter's friends. Corky, Corky. would you like to sign us out? Yes, don't, something. Don't Arr. stare at me with your human eyes and your dog mask face. Arr. Corky, can you say, Mind, mind the, the Gap! gap.